Welcome to the It's All Fine and Danji podcast, where hosts Dan and Angie talk with creatives, small business owners, charities, and all kinds of interesting people. It's all real talk. It's all fine and dangy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to check out what's going on in the world of It's All Fine and Dangy. Yes, and uh, it's going to be a different kind of episode this week. But before we get into that, I wanted to wish Angie a very happy birthday because we are recording this on her birthday That's on November right. 11th. That's right. I work on my birthday, people. I know, yeah. <laughs> the podcast isn't work. No, I'm just kidding. So, yes, it is work. how it kind of is. I just oh, kicked did that the, hurt your toe? It hit my knee. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, yes, happy birthday to you, Angie, Thank you. and we are actually getting ready to get ready to go to Pisces Rising finally, so very excited about that tonight. Yes. Oh, and Back Porch Pizza. Yeah, we're going to go over and get a drink at Back Porch Pizza. Nice. And then head over to Pisces for dinner. Sounds amazing. We had a nice little breakfast downtown Mount Dora once again at yeah. Cody's on 4th. Yep. And, um... We had a lovely day yesterday kayaking, and I got all my birthday wishes came true because if we saw like 12 manatees, I'm talking up close and personal. Yeah. I think I did shed a few little tears there for a moment because I was so excited. Yeah. And we saw the monkeys on the Silver Springs River. Yeah. So it was perfect. Very exciting. Perfect day for... Perfect weather, yeah. everything. Yeah, it was amazing. And we have lots to catch up with you guys on, including maybe some more details on that trip. We've been traveling, a whole bunch of stuff. But we're going to save that for next week because this week we are going to do a recap of a three-person panel that I was part of in the uh, Popka Chamber of Commerce sort of hosted this event. Uh, Jay invited me from... I can never pronounce Jay's last name very well. It's we'll call him JK. JK, yeah. <laughs> JK from Propagate Social House, one of our favorite places to get coffee, invited me. It was a three-person panel with Chris Sauter, who's also the musician that was at the Fox Valley Farm and Hop Yard. Yep, for Binds and Brews event. That's right. And uh, so the three of us did a panel on AI for small business and how AI can be used in small business. So No, guys, Angie was not there for that panel. <laughs> <laughs> now, Angie was not there, but small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, some that we know, uh, one of the owners of Wekaiva Island was there, Mary Weinog. She was nice enough to record some video. And so to change this up a bit this week, we're going to do two things. One, there's a video version of this podcast if you'd like to watch it on YouTube. The audio version is here as always. And Angie and I are going to hand it off to the recording that I made of the actual panel. So audio is not as great, but uh, it's the three of us going through how AI can be used in small business. We take some answers or some questions at the end. And uh, so we're going to run that, let you guys check it out. Then we'll come back in a bit afterwards and uh, say something else. Yeah. And I will say I have listened to portions of this recording, not the whole thing. And there is some very valuable information for small businesses in there on how AI can really assist them in things that they might be um, frustrated at trying to figure out themselves. And that is what, that's what's great about what you guys were talking about. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And we've gotten some feedbacks from some friends uh, from different businesses that uh, came and, and old friends and new friends and uh, were happy to help and uh, really excited for what AI can do. So check this out. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and start us on our AI and small business marketing presentation with some of our 
local famous folks if <laughs> you, you um, patron any of these businesses. So I'm going to first start with Jay with Halls on Fifth and Propagate Social House. Hello. Awesome. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. All right. So as uh, Kate mentioned, I'm Jay Kleinerchair with Dan Fox and Chris Sauter. Uh, my background is visual communication. I have a, a BFA, actually, in that field. Um, I use AI uh, probably much on a daily basis uh, when it comes to, like, uh, for blogging or on Photoshop. I do different things, and we'll go into a little bit deeper, but just to kind of give you an example of my background. Feels weird passing the mic around like karaoke. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm Dan Fox. I, I do have a podcast. My wife's name is Angie. Our podcast is called It's All Fine and Danji, where we interview local small businesses, mostly Apopka businesses. I was born in Apopka way back in 1971 in the Apopka Hospital, and I'm still here. Um, but I also, my day job, I'm an IT director for a large engineering firm in the US and Canada, and um, happy to be here. Hey everybody, my name is Chris Sauter. I um, work for a company called Amadeus. We're the leader in uh, global travel technology. I work for the digital marketing team. So we help resorts and hotels and hotel groups uh, compete against online travel agencies like Expedia with um, uh, Facebook ads and Google ads and that kind of thing. And I'm also a local singer-songwriter. I've been playing out, I play at Propagate. I'll be there this Friday. Right. And uh, it, yeah, you can just walk there. It's really, really close. And, uh, but I played a bunch of, uh, of other local um, Central Florida uh, places of establishments. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Just to kind of give you a quick overview of what we're going to be doing today, we're going to first really briefly talk about what is AI, what's the background on that, um, how do you use it, like different prompts and all that type of stuff. And um, how can you use it for your business? How many, just a quick uh, show of where is that? How many people out here actually use AI on a regular or semi-regular basis? Perfect. All right, good. Oh, nice. How many people are like, heck no, I've seen Terminator and I don't want to use it? All right. Oh, no. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> All right, so uh, AI everywhere. Let me see if I can make this uh, so we can see our slides better. There we go. All right. All right, so it's actually a little bit been around a lot longer than you may have think. I know right now, um, it's very popular, like you hear about it almost on a daily basis. I don't know about you, at least I do. I hear it constantly on Google, or on Facebook. People are talking about you know, new AI software and uh, just uh, AI-generated imagery and all that kind of stuff, and like fake news, all that, right? So it's actually been around since the 1950s. Um, a computer scientist named Alan Turing actually published uh, co Computing Machinery and Intelligence, which introduced what's called the Turing test as a way to measure intelligence. And basically what that was, was a test that if a human is interacting with the program, can, it, can the human actually tell if they're talking to a program or not? And that was what uh, created the Turing test. And that was the 1950s, so it's been around quite a while. Um, now, obviously, fast forward, there's deep history, but I'm not gonna go into that. And um, today, it's used in medical treatments. They're actually using it to diagnose uh, different diseases and disorders. And it actually is better than doctors in a lot of cases for these diagnoses. 
Um, they're using it for creative art, obviously, uh, to write code and all sorts of different things. Um, Self-driving cars coming along, right? That type of stuff. All right. Um, uh, I thought it was kind of interesting in doing a little bit of research for this. I uh, came across an interview, uh, which I highly recommend you look up. In uh, 1989, uh, David Bowie um, was in an interview, and they were asking him about uh, what they thought about what he thought of the internet. And this was in 1989, so the internet's kind of still happening. And he was, uh, let's see, right there. Uh, I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying, which probably is a good place for us to kind of consider where is AI? It's like, where is it going and all that, right? All right, now moving on, we'll get to, uh, that was your quick introduction in history of AI. So now we'll do, uh, how do I use it? I think, Dan, uh, you're gonna take that one. I'll take it over, yeah. And I guess just to piggyback on what Jay was saying, in the IT side of the world, the tech side of the world, we sometimes refer to what we call disruptors. These are companies that come along and sort of change an industry. And a good example of that is say Netflix that came along and kind of uh, changed the way that we watch movies and shows and content. Um, Facebook is another one that's changed pretty much everything. Uh, AI, as you may have heard of it, is, is a little bit different in that a lot of these disruptors are very specific to a certain type of business where AI is literally going to change every type of business from the small business to the big enterprises from, you know, we were chatting a little bit before we started, but whether you're a mechanic working on cars or you're putting big computer networks together, AI is going to change the way you do things within the next couple of years. It's gonna happen really fast. Um, so it is just another tool. There's a lot of fear around it, as Jay said. Uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, when, is the, uh, when is the robot takeover gonna happen? When is the singularity gonna happen where it becomes self-aware? And a lot of people are concerned that they're gonna lose their jobs to AI. Um, we like to, to think of it as just another tool that will allow you to do your job better or to do a better job than you currently do. Um, a couple things I wanna point out is, it's not like a Google search. There's a certain way that you need to prompt AI, chat GPT, or whether you're using Photoshop or whatever, and I saw by the hands that a lot of you are probably already familiar with chat GPT. I always wanna say GTP. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, chat GPT is a natural language generation system. It is realistic and it understands coherent text based on your input. It's a little different than a Google search in that it is content aware and it, you can continuously have the same sort of conversation with it and get better results as you go. Um, sort of one of the uh, rules of thumb, not with every search with it, but uh, one of the rules of thumb I use is if you are doing a more complex task that you wanted to do, you'll start with a really broad question and then you can take the results of that question and feed it back into the AI and keep drilling down and drilling down and drilling down because as I said, it understands context. Next slide, please. No, just the button right. <laughs> so I like to think, you know, some people say it's kind of like an intern. I like to think that it's actually better than an intern because it, uh, hold on, I want to go back real quick. Uh, yeah. It is surprisingly capable too. Yeah. Um, so, so it's better than an intern. It can generate summaries. I'll give some examples of this. It can outline a business plan and it can give you results that are shockingly good, not just good sounding, but plans you could actually follow. Um, it can explain difficult concepts. Uh, it can serve as a customer service representative with a chat bot, which I'll get into a little more in a bit, or with emails, and it can also help you create targeted business ads. 
Um, some of the examples for prompts that you could give it, um, I, uh, and I, we can go through, if we have time at the end, we can go through some of these results. They're a little too big to put on a slide, but they are remarkable. I asked it to create a three-month business plan to increase scented candle, scented candle sales by 50%, and it will give you a detailed week-by-week -week breakdown of what you need to do from the marketing to getting your teams organized. It's very impressive. Uh, another example I gave it was to explain the five stages of small business growth to me like I'm in middle school. And that's what I meant by explaining difficult concepts. So if there's something that, you know, you find all this content online, but you don't understand it because it's maybe not your business, it's really good at breaking it down for you to whatever level that you need. Uh, and to me, that kind of helps sometimes too, if you're having to present on something that you're not that familiar with, it helps you with uh, to understand it better yourself before you get going. I also asked it to compose a short email to a customer that, whose order arrived with items missing. And the email that it wrote was super impressive. Um, and then my last example, this one was really for like, say you're a real estate agent. I asked it to create a house buyer persona for Apopka, Florida for the price point of $500,000. I then asked it to list some potential problems this buyer could face. And then I asked it to create a realtor ad for me to solve these problems that a buyer could face. And I think you'd be really impressed with the results that come back. So it's very capable. Yep, exactly. All right, take off the one. So I can never take a breath. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So one of the things that uh, AI is really good at is analyzing very large data sets. Um, in fact, like one of the programs I use um, called Jasper has read 10% of the internet, which it is able to use that information to then spit out all sorts of different uh, stuff. It's very similar to ChatGPT. In fact, it uses ChatGPT. It's just wrapped in a uh, container, I guess, just so it's a little bit visual and easier to work with if you're doing like a blog post or something like that. But so it's, it's looking at all that data, right? And so like Dan's per is a perfect example of the real estate one is using that, you know, it's looking at this large data, which how long would that take you if you're trying to do that on your own? It'd take a very long time. Um, it's really good at the grunt work. And kind of what I mean by that is it's not going to give you the final result. I find that uh, like when I'm doing blog posts and stuff like that, I get about 70% of the way there with the AI responses, but then I have to go in there and I have to just kind of massage a little bit and more and uh, kind of like tweak it so it looks clean and sounds like a human wrote it and not uh, AI. Uh, it's also really good at repeatable tasks and anything that's it's automation, right? I mean, uh, we figured out that automation's best for the machines a very long time ago when Henry Ford was making the Model T. So this that's a really good way to use it too. It's like, oh, if I'm doing this step by step over and over again, I can batch this out and let the machines do it. <laughs> uh, what it's not good at, and I'm gonna put a little asterisk here, is creativity. So if you're not a creative person, you might find that it's very creative because it's giving you some ideas. So for example, let's maybe, let's say you're trying to develop a logo for your brand new business. You can easily use one of these uh, programs and just give it some ideas and it's gonna give you some great results. But it is very um, specific, and we're gonna go over some example, like physical uh, bad results of that, but it's, it's not being creative, it's just mimicking all the information that it has available to it from what we have provided over the past 25 years of the internet. Um, it's also really not good at human emotion or likeness and giving you exact results. Uh, one thing to kind of consider is um, misinformation is often, you may have heard some famous results where they, you know, like they asked, uh, I think one was a, 
one was the first person on the moon and it gave like a different uh, year and even a different person and all that. <clears throat> so you do have to kind of make sure you're going through and fact checking, especially if you are gonna use it in your business. You wanna just make sure everything is nice and clean. Um, it is a little bit biased as well, uh, meaning you know, it's, it's using everything that we have given it, right? And so whatever humans have given it, it's mirroring us, right? Hope that made sense. Eh? Just taking it as fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and then uh, copyright, uh, that's kind of a gray area right now because it's, there's a lot of like uh, photography, for example. Um, Adobe Stock, for example, is a website where photographers can upload all their photos. Well, now Adobe has taken all those photos as their database to create AI images. So there's a lot of people saying, well, whose photo is that? If it's using my photo as an example to build this, isn't that technically partly mine? And then furthermore, you can also flip that is, let's say I use uh, AI to write a book. Well, who actually wrote it, me or the computer? All right, and then job placement, uh, displacement is probably one of the biggest things that's happening right now that people are kind of really concerned about. And I think there will be some changes. As you mentioned, it's a disruptor. And I think that we will find that some jobs will go away, but others will also be created, just like anything on like the internet. Now we have computer scientists and all these things that have really developed over the past 50 years we're gonna find out with AI. In fact, I know a lot of people that have actually increased their workload. There's like blog writers who write professionally for like Orbitz and all these like different travel websites. They're actually able to spit out more content because they're using AI to do that. So you're, they're kind of turning it and using AI as their tool instead of uh, running away with fear. Awesome, I, I, I hate to do this. I wanna go back just a second because I wanna also mention that this graphic, and this may not be super impressive if you've used this before, but I asked AI to create a label showing the state of Florida with the sunshine and orange and potatoes retro style. And this is an example of some of the visual tools you can use. This one I used DALL-E, um, but any, does anyone know what, I know some of you do, but do you know what a popka means? Do you guys, does anyone not know what a popka means? I heard the answer okay. out there. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it potato. means big potato or potato eating place. So that's why there's a potato in this slide if you wondered earlier, like what are they doing? Did it fail there? Yeah. Um, and then Jay did a lot of these graphics. These are all done with AI, just asking it to do, you know, to create different things. It's this, this for instance, is done purely with AI. So it's very impressive what it can do if you give it the right info. I just wanted to right. mention that these graphics were created. Yeah, really thank you, thank yeah. you for putting that. Actually, yeah, it was kind of fun. All these robots, I put like a, that prompt there was put a robot at a computer, and then I had a guy uh, yelling. That's actually two different graphics, actually three, because the pants did not come along with it, so I had to ask it for a third prompt to get me pants, otherwise we have a floating guy there. Oh, I thought you were gonna be a guy with no pants. That wouldn't have worked out. That wouldn't have worked either. out either, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So here's some examples of the software tools that you may have heard of before. Uh, Google Bard, Chat GPT, as we said earlier, Jasper and Copy AI, Photoshop Generative Fill is one of my personal favorites, which we'll touch on a little bit more here, but some of these are, are so impressive, at least to me, that where you maybe used to need to hire someone to do a piece of your project, you could now do it yourself, and that could arguably be replacing jobs. Thank you, um, I'm one of those people. Yeah, <laughs> right, sorry. Um, but a lot of the time, like you said, it gets you a certain percentage of the way, so maybe, maybe someone gives you an image to change or to make better instead of starting from scratch. Right. Um, 
I'm trying to make you feel better about your job. Yeah. No, no, actually, yeah. So it's kind of funny you say that. I, I talked to a tattoo artist one time, or actually, she's an illustrator, but she also does a lot of tattoos as well. And I was like, "Are you afraid with all this stuff?" After she's like, "No. If anything, it makes it easier because now instead of people coming to her with like." Oh, I want a flower and a hummingbird, blah blah blah. A lot of times they'll actually bring an AI generated thing and be like, I want something like this. And so it kind of gets her closer Live, to the finish line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Dolly is another one for graphics, Midjourney, Adobe, and then one of my personal favorites again, Microsoft Copilot. I'm currently at my day job doing a pilot of Copilot uh, with Microsoft. Uh, that's going to be coming in all the Microsoft products, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go here. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, so uh, here's a couple of examples. And again, uh, you know, time permitted, we're going to actually show some live examples. Um, I don't expect you to just read this entire screen, but uh, I just wanted to show as a, as a uh, static example, um, I asked it for this presentation to create a blog post about the benefits of using AI. And then I also told it, make sure to include things AI cannot do. And so it actually wrote like a whole outline bulleted and then gave me a, a slide you can see on the side there, things that AI can't do. And so it was, it was pretty nice and impressive. Um, if I were to publish this, I would definitely go through and just kind of clean it up. And uh, the nice thing is that it will actually give you often three different responses. And so you can kind of pick and choose little bits and pieces from the, the different ones. And so that's pretty, pretty useful. I mean, you're already there, right? Uh, and if now you're like, I don't even know what blog post I want to write about, you can even tell it that. You can be like, give me 10 topic ideas for my website, right? Yeah. Uh, here's, a, here's an actual example I was using. Um, I was working with some people that are um, on a board. And you know, a lot of times when you're working with people, they're maybe not really good writers and all that kind of stuff. And either am I. That's fine. So what I do is I give them a questionnaire. I give you your name, what you do, just a couple of sentences, uh, your day job and role, uh, any relevant information such as degrees, certifications, blah, blah, blah. And so it's very just like fill in the blanks, mad libs type of information. Uh, and I also want to point out the picture here because I used AI for that as well. So I replaced the background of the image very easily, just selected around here, told it to give me uh, foliage, outdoors foliage, and that was using Photoshop. And then it actually created this entire um, paragraph or this entire uh, biography, I guess, of the person just using those very simple prompts. And it took me like maybe 20 seconds to do that. And again, I did have to go in there and clean it up a little bit. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting is when they gave me their na na uh, name and title, they gave me their, their letters, which I know it has to do with finance, but I didn't know what they were. But actually, uh, uh, I think this was Jasper. Yeah, Jasper filled in the CPA part in the Society of Human Resource Management. But that was very impressive that it was actually spelling that all out because I wouldn't have taken that time. All right, here's another example. If you're on, you know, we, we try to gear this uh, presentation to people who are small businesses and it's like, okay, I, maybe I don't have the resources to hire a graphic designer. I'm not creative, all these types of things. Well, that's, that's really where uh, a lot of this uh, information will be really good for you. For example, this is Adobe Express and I gave it the prompt, Create a retro flyer for a grand opening food truck event. Use deep blue colors. And it actually spit out these four different templates, which now I can just click into and change all the information. Right? So it's, it's giving me that basis that now I can go in there. Maybe I have a photo, photo of my own food truck. That would be a better because it's, it's realistic. Uh, obviously, your name is not Tasty Tune Travels, so you can change that uh, as well. But it gives you that but it should be. template. Yeah. It should be. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. And then, uh, Dan, that's your thing. All right. Um, 
So I guess uh, kind of along the same lines, it, with the podcast, we meet with local small businesses, as I said, and some of those are products that are sold. A lot of uh, markets maybe that sell candles or jewelry or whatever. Uh, and one of the cases that I think this is really nice for small businesses, using Adobe Photoshop, what's called generative fill, you could take a photo, and as you see here on your left, I took a photo of this sea salt just sitting on the counter. And in Photoshop, I just expanded that and said, put a fireplace in the background, add a Christmas tree, put some cinnamon sticks. And so you can have some really impressive graphics for your products that look like you have a very nice setup or a little studio or something, even if you don't. And, and it even matches the lighting too, which is really Yeah, uh, if you notice, you'll see like the, the candle has like the, the lighting along the left side of the glass, and it sort of mimics that with a fireplace and maybe an open window over there somewhere. Um, so, me sitting here goofily acting like I'm selling a tape measure in a mouse, I wanted to give another example because you'll see on the left, I'm just sitting at this little table, but on the right, it looks like I'm at this nice table with some art in the background, got a couple books open, and I did this pretty quick for the presentation, but I want to show another example here of how you can do this in video. Um, and if you want to discuss later, if you know anything about video editing, this is super simple to do. But I don't think we have audio, but I want to show you an example we did on our podcast just to show how easily you can even do videos for your small business if you're doing like a video about your product and make it look like you're in a nice big studio or whatever. So in this case, you'll see my wife and I sitting in our nice big apartment. It's playing. And if you look, that's really the tiny little room that we were in. So that's, and it took five minutes to generate that. So you could, you could essentially be sitting there with your products, with your business name in the background and looking like you've got a nice big studio. And are you running it again? And it's, uh, and it's just uh, all computer generated. So very neat. Yeah. Um, something that Jay touched on before, there are ethical considerations here. We talked a little bit uh, before this about like if you're a realtor, you don't want to go in and take a picture of a house and then change all the grass to be beautifully green or add trees or, you know, you don't want to use it for false advertising. Yeah. Just slightly greener, right? Just slightly greener. Slightly greener. 10% greener. <laughs> <Slightly greener. laughs> um, yeah. Say so it was a different season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another example here. So I made the video for our friends over at Fox Valley Farm and Hop Yard, another Apopka business. Um, and that is a homebrew event. And so it's people that make beer and it's a big beer tasting thing, but no one really has a business. So they needed labels for the beers for the video. And I did this through Dolly just by feeding it, you know, make a, make a beer label that's uh, uh, and looks like an antique, you know, with the name Missy Todd on it. And so it generated all of these labels for me, including Chris's uh, cassette tape label here. Um, something to know, though, a lot of the time these visual, I'm, I'm unlike the Adobe one where you can edit it, Dolly just makes a static graphic image, and sometimes you can't get text right. So you kind of have to keep tinkering with it until you get what you're after. And as was said before, licensing is different for every solution. And those rules are changing all the time, so make sure you check and make sure you're not getting in trouble for copyright infringement here. Can I add to that too? Sure. Uh, another thing I want to kind of add to that too is, since it's giving you a static result, you can't always change it later unless you have another program to do that. For example, if uh, the Bob Lapina Brewing was called Three Peppers uh, Brewing and it's showing four peppers, how are you going to go in there and manipulate that? As a designer, I can go in there and you know tweak all the little lines and, and actually do what I 
have to do to fix it. Yep. But if you're doing this as a mock-up and you're like, oh, how do I fix this? You're probably just gonna have to keep generating until you get three peppers. Or change your prompt. Or change your prompt, right. And yep. so you may have to go through a few times or you may have to do additional steps because it's just spitting out what it can. Yeah, it's a great point. Yep. All right. So let's touch on Microsoft Copilot because Microsoft is obviously a common suite of programs that are used for small business. Um, and there's a lot in here. I'm not going to go through every line of this, but we are going to be able to share access to this information after, right? Yep. Um, so if you're familiar with Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel, the capabilities that are coming with Microsoft Copilot that I've been testing for the past couple weeks are insanely good. A few examples in here. Say in Word, you can say, uh, draft a two-page project proposal based on the data from this document and point it to a spreadsheet and it will draft a proposal that you will swear was written by a human. It's very cool. One of my favorites is Excel. I'm not an Excel expert, though I love the program. I don't know how to make pivot tables or any of that stuff that people do to kind of make really neat graphs. But you can literally type into Excel, take this data, give me a breakdown of these sales by type and channel, insert a table. You can type it just like that and it will spit out a table that looks like you've manipulated the data. And the list goes on, some really cool stuff here that it can do. Uh, same thing with PowerPoint, you can have it make a presentation based on a document for you, including visuals in every slide. Uh, very impressive stuff. Outlook, another one, you can ask it to summarize the emails that you missed while you were out last week and flag any important items. And it will do it, and it's very short, and it's very easy to follow. Uh, one of my personal favorites is Microsoft Teams, probably because I live in that application all the time. But now you can have a Teams call going with multiple people, and again, ethically, you want to tell them that you're going to transcribe it, so there's a transcribe button. You can come back later and ask Microsoft Copilot to summarize what you missed in the meetings, what points were made, um, what are the action items that came out of the meeting, and it will spit out a concise and accurate recap of the meeting, better than meeting notes I could take just in the meeting. In fact, one of the things you can also do is you can put, was Jay in a good mood in this meeting? And it will tell you based on inflection, based on what it interprets, and it's, it's eerie how close it is to accurate on that. So really neat stuff. Now you actually, you. Uh... You actually used that one time, right? Didn't you? You were telling us a story about how you had to leave a meeting, and then so you came back and yeah, I did. To that. Yeah, yeah, I did. It seems it seems too convenient, but I really did have to leave a meeting, and I came back, and sure enough, there that. So I sent the notes and the action items to my team and said, "Is this accurate?" And every one of them came back and said, "Yeah, it's perfect." They didn't even know that AI wrote it. They thought I wrote it, and they're like, "You weren't in the call, so where'd you get the meeting?" So it, it's super impressive. And then one of the he was on, he was actually on the beach drinking uh, margaritas at that oh, point. Oh, it seems like you could now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna edit this, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, one of my other favorites is called M365 Chat or Chatbot. Um, chatbots, which you've probably already encountered a chatbot if you've ever done any online customer service. Um, I guess a. a an audio version of it, which I have so much trouble with, is like when you call Spectrum and you get the automated thing and you have to say push one if you want whatever. It's kind of like the, the text-based version of that. And historically, these text-based chats on a website are somewhat terrible because they've got a preset canned of answers, they're uh, routing you a certain way. Well, these new chatbots, and we're using one in our testing, are insanely good. You can ask it just about anything. For example, I can say into the chatbot, um, 
in the program Autodesk, how do I draw a polyline? And it will come back and tell you how to do it and send you a link to the how-to video. In that very same interface, you could type in, how do I know how much PTO I have left? And so for our big enterprise company, it's crazy because it's reading data from all these different sources and it's just answering me as I type it in. For small business, you'll be able to use it for customer service and your customers will get a response back that feels like a real human is responding, especially if they respond and say, that's not what I needed or whatever. Um, so again, I won't walk through every single step I put in here, but just the way that it can reply in something more than just a quick reply, and the fact that it understands context, it records all these interactions and can generate reports and summaries for you. You can use it as a sales and marketing agent, which sounds insane, but you really can. It can gather info, it can identify qualified leads, it can even automate the outreach and follow up to make sure that you've reached out to these qualified leads. It's in that way, it's like a real assistant in your office. And speaking of which, digital assistant. It can go through your email, as I said, it can summarize, it can track resources and tasks. It's super impressive. And although this probably sounds pretty high level, this is coming to Microsoft products for everyone. So if you use it for your small business, you're gonna have the option to use Copilot as an add-on. I think Microsoft will have a fee for it, but it's really impressive. So, so what you're saying is you can generate the lead, follow up with me, but if I'm also using Microsoft, my AI will start talking to your AI. And then and we, we can, can just, go to the beach. We can go to the beach, right. 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 <laughs> Perfect, that's what we want, right. Um, all right, so here's a, just to kind of bring it down because we went over a lot of different things and that's what we were trying to figure out, like okay, who's, who's our audience, like are these small business owners, are you guys working in offices, we're gonna be using Teams, I'm sure a little bit of everything across the board there. Um, some other ideas, uh, so for example, there's, and I'll, we're going to provide this uh, slideshow. There's a QR code at the very end. You can download it, and it's also going to be available on the website, the Chambers website. Since it is a Google um, slide, we're actually going to add some more resources to the end of it, including uh, we're recording this audio, and that'll be on there as well. So it might not be today, but it will happen in the near future. Yep. And so it'll automatically update. Um, but going back, uh, there's several programs for this one. Uh, for this one, I used openart.ai, and to be honest, I have no ties to it. I just Googled sketch to image AI and just found it, and there's other ones too. This one just happened to be free and didn't make me sign up, so that's why I used it. Um, and then all I did was draw a quick little sketch of a building, and it gave me that as a result. And it actually gave me three results. I just wanted to keep it concise and kept that one. Um, how could you use that? Well, maybe you're trying to develop a product and you're trying to create a, a graphic of it, right? Well, you could sketch out, that's a vase or something, and you can pop it in there, and now it's giving you something that you can actually use as, a, as an example, right? Um, we actually used it, to, as, as I mentioned at the very beginning, on with Halls on Fifth, we had some sketch from, sketches from the architect, and the architect was going to give us renders later on, but we had to pick out the colors, the lighting, all these different things, but I'm anxious and I don't want to wait. So I actually took those sketches, dumped it into one of these programs, and it gave me renderings, which three months later when the architect came back with renders, they looked like pretty close to what I created. I was like, wow, we could have just saved $750 for those renders and just use these. But it's pretty impressive. So it kind of, or maybe, maybe just personal use, like maybe you're designing a, a backyard and you're like, I want to see what the landscaping would look different. You can take a picture of your own backyard, throw some sketch in there, and you can just use it that way. So just for personal use. <coughs> Yep. All right. And now we're going to turn the mic over to Chris. Finally. <laughs> uh, my name is Chris Otter, guys. Um, 
so I want to talk a little bit about, so my background is digital marketing. I want to talk a little bit about how AI can help you um, do some, some complex tasks very quickly. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about local SEO and Google Business Profile. For all you small business owners here, how many are using Google Business Profile? It used to be called Google My Business. If it's not something that you set up through Google, it's completely free and it's an integral part of connecting with your local audience. Um, so it optimizes your online presence using, uh, using GBP to increase local traffic visibility and brand awareness. So why is it important? Consumers have choices and are quickly trying to assess the best option with Google. If you aren't showing up or results are below your competitors, you're missing out on any incremental business. And uh, as everyone knows, social media in today's day and age is super important. It's critical for building brand awareness and engaging your audience, but your top priority truly should be from a marketing standpoint, local SEO and your Google business profile. Uh, local SEO is like social media for Google searches. Here's a couple fun stats. Over 75% of consumers in the US use Google when looking for business information. Searches for businesses near me have grown exponentially in the last five years. I need a coffee shop near me, right? 76% uh, of people end up visiting a business within one day of searching for something nearby. So how it works, uh, local search algorithms use three main factors to help find a best match. There's relevance, Google loves relevancy. Essentially, how closely related is your Google business profile compared to the words a searcher uses in their query? The distance, how far Google thinks a user is from your, your business, and then prominence, how important Google thinks a business is to its potential customers. Um, this is where some extra effort on your part can help you stand out from your competition. Next slide. So setting up your profile, uh, which a lot of people, that's kind of where they stop, right? That's, that's just step one. There's a lot more that needs to be done in order to be relevant. And uh, again, this deck will be available via QR code or on the website. I encourage you to check it out. There are some links at the end that'll give you some helpful tips on how to leverage AI and, and give you more information on local SEO. But uh, the basics, um, building out details like your categories, adding business hours, uploading photos and videos, including your products and services, writing out a solid compelling description, determining your local relevant keywords is a super important. You wanna put yourself in the mind of a consumer. What are they typing in? What are they searching for? Uh, research your local competitors. That's a great resource. Uh, that we tap in uh, in the digital marketing industry. What are your competitors doing better than you? And how can you leverage that information? Uh, creating locally relevant content that incorporates the important keywords from your research. Post this content in your Google business profile. Write about any events coming up, specials, deep dives in your products. There's a lot of content available to you if you just look around and uh, AI can help with that as well. And then also replying promptly to all reviews. I know uh, how many people uh, have received a bad review before? Uh, I know I have. Um, and it's not fun, but at the end of the day, engaging that person and showing the online community that's searching for you, that you are professional and you can handle a challenging situation, makes the difference in how the public perceives you. So you might be wondering, what does this have to do with AI? Can we get back to the fun Photoshop stuff? Um, uh, the next slide will kind of tie all this together. So all of these bullet points on the bottom here can be performed by AI. And I'm kind of piggybacking off of some of the functionality that Dan talked about and that Jay talked about as well. 
But um, for me, I'm not a wordsmith, I'm not a copywriter. Uh, a lot of that seems very daunting to me. And so again, to get 75% there, to get 80% there um, is a huge leap forward. Um, so we use this uh, ChatGPT that has already been mentioned to help streamline and quickly execute writing prompts and research assignments that would ordinarily take time and can be intimidating. Here are a few examples. Uh, next slide. Next one? Nope. No, no, I think this is it. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I, um, I asked ChatGPT, um, let's see, hold on. So this is writing out your business description. So a robust business description is critical, and I asked ChatGPT to summarize my business in 750 words or less for my Google business profile. I picked Propagate Social House, which is my favorite local small business, to use it as an example. And so, uh, so anyway, so I, I asked if it would summarize my business in 750 words, and it asked for mission, products, target audience, location, unique selling points. I quickly plugged in what I knew in 90 seconds or less. I hit go, and in five seconds, it spit this out. So it might be, oh, sorry, Bob, can you go back? Oh yeah, this is, this is it, right? Yeah, yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's a little uh, cut off, but essentially, um, this is some great content, right? Propagate Social House. You got a new tagline, Jay. Your oasis for coffee, culture, and community. Taking that one. Yeah. Located in the heart of downtown Apopka, we've transformed a coffee shop and live plant destination into a multifaceted hub of activity. Wow, that's good. Our goal is to be more than just a coffee shop or your go-to destination for relaxation, entertainment, and memorable experiences. We aim to offer the largest and most inviting deck in Central Florida, making it the ideal backdrop for our events and the perfect spot to savor your favorite beverages. So anyway, there's some repetition here, uh, but it's good stuff. Yeah. It's a great, great start. Uh, a start that I was very proud of. I was like, yeah, this, this is good, this is good, I like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, and also it lists out all the offerings and all of the events uh, with clever descriptions that I can now tweak instead of coming up with from scratch. Yeah. So I realized I left out pet friendly, and so you can just literally go back in and add pet friendly and hit regenerate, and it'll give you another iteration. You can let it know what you don't love about it, and it'll keep regenerating until you find something that's comfortable enough that you can just slightly modify and edit, tweak a little bit, and you're good to go. Yeah. All right, the next slide. Another valuable function is local SEO keyword research. I asked, what are my relevant local SEO keywords? ChatGPT already knew I was talking about Propagate and responded with the following keywords, along with the rationale behind the suggestion. That was all based on the business description it created a few minutes earlier. So these would all be great titles for relevant blog and Google uh, business posts. Even has like a Popka artisanal coffee, highlighting the quality and uniqueness of our coffee offerings. Um, a Popka dining experiences, local live music venue in a Popka, right? All searches that are relevant and make sense. Some people are searching for that you want to incorporate into your website and to, into your Google business profile. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I got one last example. Uh, create draft responses to reviews. So I typed in a completely fake negative review. Uh, <laughs> she says, we went to propagate and I didn't like the coffee. It was too delicious and made my grandmother cry. We wanted bitter and bland coffee. Also, this deck is just, the deck is just too big. And spacious, we almost got lost back there. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I plugged that in. It said, is this a positive or negative uh, review? 
uh, I said negative. And uh, anyway, I'm not gonna read this whole thing to you, but this is incredibly, what appears to be incredibly thoughtful stuff, right? Um, you know, one thing worth mentioning is up to 84% of people trust online reviews as much as they trust personal recommendations. Even if I saw this negative review, the response would alleviate the concerns that I might have as a consumer. Um, but yeah, here's, uh, let's see. We apologize that your coffee experience didn't meet your expectations. We understand that everyone has their own unique taste preferences. We're sorry to hear about your grandmother's reaction. We never intended our coffee to bring tears and we appreciate your honest <laughs> feedback. We'll continue to refine our offerings to ensure they meet a variety of taste expectations. My favorite here is, um, we value your input and hope you might consider giving us another try in the future. If you do decide to visit us again, please don't hesitate to let our staff know about your specific preferences and we'll do our best to accommodate them. Right, so owning it, but also making sure the client, or the, the, um, the reviewer understands that it's gonna need, you know, you're gonna need a little bit of uh, give and take on their end as well. Yeah. That's great. So that's truly all I have to share today. Thanks for listening. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to local SEO and AI-assisted copywriting and marketing. Please reach out uh, with any questions. My contact information is at the end of the deck. Very cool, yeah. Yeah, just to add to that, I think a, a lot of people, you know, they think Instagram and Facebook is always the way to go. Instagram and Facebook is like now, right? So it's like, I'm posting about an event that's happening this Friday. We're actually are having an event this Friday. We're playing Top Gun Maverick coming up. Um, but uh, you know, that's, for, that's where Instagram and Facebook is really good. We're just highlighting customers' experiences. Like, oh, check out this picture of a coffee, blah, blah, blah. But Google, the cool thing I think about, uh, that I, I actually do the Google, Ella does a lot of the Instagram and the Facebook, the thing I like about Google is it stays. It's just, I don't have to sit there and constantly be posting, posting, posting. I create the profile, I respond to everyone's um, concerns or the reviews and all that stuff, positive or negative, and it's there, right? So it's, as long as I'm just going in there and making sure the SEO, the words are matching and all that stuff, I'm not sitting there every day just posting a picture. It's just, it's always there, it's always present. That's right, yeah. So that constant on Google is important. And, and I've got a bonus tip for you. So you know how, uh, you get asked frequent questions, right? Are you pet friendly? Maybe is a, a question I'm guessing you guys get asked a lot, right? Sometimes, yeah. And maybe people can't easily find that information or discern that from just quickly looking at your Google business page. But there's those list of questions. You can actually um, post a question anonymously, are you pet friendly, and then answer it as the business. So you can put, think about your top 10 questions that people generally ask. You can put all those there. It looks like a consumer is interested and curious but it's actually you just helping people get the answers to their questions so that they can come visit you. Now we have uh, liquor, and that's something I'm trying to get the SEO. So I can say, do you have cocktails? And I can respond, that's yes, right. I do, on the biggest deck. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so uh, now we're going uh, to get to some fun examples. Um, we had mentioned earlier that AI doesn't always work, it doesn't always give the results you need, and sometimes they're quite fun and humorous. So we have a few of those examples. Uh, Dan, this one's on you. Yeah, yeah so I just, uh, and this is actually pretty mild. Some of this stuff is complete nightmare fuel if you type in the wrong thing and it comes back with like, uh, you know, disfigured heads and things like that. So it's, a, it's all about the prompt. Sometimes it doesn't work. You have to reword what you're asking it. You have to get creative. As I mentioned, if you look at like the, uh, the orange sticker at the bottom, it totally misspelled sunshine. I don't even know what I was trying to spell where it says Florida. 
So it, I totally couldn't use this one, and as Jay mentioned, I couldn't just change a section of it because it's a static image unless I want to go into Photoshop and do it manually. So I had to just keep changing the prompt until it got right. Um, this other one here is an example I, I lifted from the internet where someone tried to make a burger commercial, an animated burger commercial with AI, and everyone's faces are turning into burgers and their drinks are, are, are sort of uh, joining their face as like they're, they're liquefying into their cheeks and so it's definitely not something you want to just use without paying attention to the results both graphically and text as you mentioned before Jay. Exactly yeah so I think that uh, word by the way says flow it's potato in Florida as one is kind of what it looks like it's trying to say there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, here's an example actually it was uh, as, as Dan mentioned earlier all the little graphics of robots and stuff were some of the ones I created um, for the slide where I was talking about the history and Alan Turing, I actually gave, um, it was Illustrator AI, uh, put Alan Turing at a desk. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really interesting because how is it going to know who Alan Turing is? And let's see what happens. Well, that was the results again. Right. I, I don't know what happened there. And those were three different ones. I actually tried it a few times and it kept giving me gazelles, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's another example. Um, when uh, Photoshop first introduced uh, AI, and the way this works, by the way, if you're not familiar with it, is you simply just circle an area and then you just tell it what you want there. And so, like, this is a picture I actually took in Colorado, and I was trying to get the Milky Way behind it, but I was, it came out really dark. If I tried brightening it, then uh, it was very grainy and it just it didn't get the results I wanted. So I was like, oh, let me see if I can use this new Photoshop thing and, and enhance the stars. And that's what the prompt was. And that's, it, it was like Mario Kart or something, I'm not sure. So it enhanced it, all right. Um, and then uh, I did play around with it some more and I did get some more concise results. I found out very quickly that you have to kind of be precise and also like, like, for example, all these different graphics you see there, are different prompts. So I circled over here, give me a crescent moon, give me a comet, give me a waterfall, give me a horse. And notice it actually matches the lighting, which I think was kind of interesting. Uh, so that was just a fun example. Um, now, the one thing I kind of want to point out too is it's constantly advancing. So like AI, when it, uh, especially for graphics, is introduced a couple <coughs> years ago. It's been historically, uh, historically, um, notoriously, as I was trying to say, historically Terrible. and notoriously, yeah. <laughs> um, bad at doing hands and faces. It's still pretty bad, but it's getting better. Um, and so, the, as an example of that, um, Lightroom, which is a counter, is an Adobe program as well, introduced uh, denoise AI, which basically just takes graininess out. There's not any kind of like prompts to make like horses and stuff like that. And I was actually able to use that. So this is two years later, I was able to take that same image that I was trying to enhance and enhance it just in a different way. So that's kind of the point there is, you know, if you can't get it, just give it some time or just try a different program. You know, so that's a lot of times it's like, okay, I'm not getting results here. Don't just get a, give up on it. You could probably find the answer somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right. So, so we'll go back to the Alan Turing one. Yeah. So Alan Turing wrote a paper about uh, animal patterns in nature. Oh. So I wonder if that's maybe what it was trying to do for you. That's pretty deep thinking right there. Yeah, yeah that could be it. Could be. Yeah. That's great. All right, so now we're going to do a little risky thing that you always tell you not to do live demos on stages, but we are going to try If we have time, do we have time still? We're good? All right, cool. So we're going to try a live demo. We have a couple of examples. Um, I'm thinking maybe at first we will do, let's see, where did it go? It's exciting. Yeah. All right, here we go. We're going to try. Be very careful. <laughs> You erase your internet browsing history first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might want so, I think I lost my, yeah, uh, because I'm projecting up there. There we go. We're going to go to Google Bard. All right. And the reason I want to start with this one 
is for two reasons. One, it's probably the most accessible to everyone. You know what I'm showing? When we're talking about Photoshop and even uh, Microsoft Teams, it's like, well, I don't have Microsoft. Or, I don't know. Everybody has Google, right? So everybody has access to this one right now. Um, you will have to have a Gmail account, but uh, that's about it. So let's, uh, is there anybody here who is starting a small business? No, okay. Is there anybody who has a small business right now that sells like products? Okay, so uh, products, products, okay. Back there, okay. Can you name me one of your products? Red velvet cake. Red velvet cake, all right, so let's go ahead and, can you hold that? All right, yes. so I'm gonna enter the prompt here and say, I need a product description for red velvet cake for my small business. And I actually spelled everything correctly, which is rare. Here we go. Press enter, and let's see what it's going to come back with. Indulge in a classic with our heavenly red velvet cake. Embrace the timeless charm of our delectable red velvet cake, a masterpiece of velvety smooth layers inf infused with a subtle cocoa hint. Ooh, is there a cocoa hint in there? Yeah. Oh, there we go. And, and crowned with a uh, luxurious uh, cream cheese frosting. This iconic dessert is sure to tantalize your taste buds and evoke memories of cherished celebrations. So that's, that's not too bad, right? And uh, <laughs> It, keeps, it goes on. It yeah. just keeps going, yeah. So you can actually, you know, take little uh, snippets of that even and maybe use it for product description, as uh, Chris has mentioned, on your, on your website or, you know, for I'm SEO. I'm craving some red velvet cake. I know. I want some right now. <laughs> we, we can get some. Yeah. <laughs> so that's perfect. So maybe we want to take a step even back. Let's say, okay, create a marketing plan for my, oh, not that I'm there a tab. My red velvet cake small business. And if I spell, that would be great. And press enter. See, drum roll, please. There we go. This marketing plan outlines the strategies for promoting a small business specializing in red velvet cakes. This plan focuses on target audience identification, market objectives, and strategic marketing strategies, including social media marketing, content marketing, influencer marketing, and partnerships. The plan aims to increase uh, brand awareness, gener generate leads, and drive sales for the red cake business. And that talks about your target audience, talks about your marketing objectives, here's your social media marketing, content marketing, influencer marketing and partnerships and it just keeps going on. So it, uh, it gives you a really nice uh, stepping stone be like, I don't know where to start. Well, start right here, right? Um, one thing that's kind of fun too, it does give you other drafts so you can actually click on view other drafts and it'll give you three different ones. So, anything you wanna add to that before I uh, try another one here? Yeah, I just, you know, I haven't used Bard myself. It looks very similar to chat GPT as mm -hmm. far as, uh, you know, giving the options. And so I think it's probably a value to try both and see how and you may be able to take data from one, dump it in another, and ask it to reword it. So those kinds of things are always useful. Absolutely, yeah. And now just to kind of bring it back to a ground level here, maybe you're not a red velvet cake entrepreneur, right? Like maybe I just want to come up with a recipe for tonight. So let's try an example of that. Um, I have the following ingredients. That's about ingredient that I spelled wrong there. I'm wearing my glasses when you get hard here. Greedy. Nope, still spelled it wrong. Beef, potatoes, 
Baked potatoes. Baked, yeah, apocas potatoes, right? And red onion. Cilantro. Give me cilantro. Rocks, small rocks. Small rocks? <laughs> Give me a recipe. Recipe, and I always spell recipe wrong. Survey says. Yep. There we go. Let's see what kind of recipe we have for dinner tonight. Spicy beef and potato with hash and cilantro. So it's going to say one, uh, one pound of ground beef, two medium potatoes, da 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 da, and there we go. We have a whole recipe just from Bard. Sir. What was that? Say that again. Oh, yeah, why isn't it prompting? Oh, there we go. You have to go full screen with your browser? Or? Yeah, sorry about that. I didn't realize that was, uh, I could probably just mirror my screen actually at this point. One second. Risks of live demos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, display. All right, so what are we making? Making a uh, steak. the screen. Oh, it totally just disappeared, didn't it? Is it another tab in your browser? Yeah. Or is it go up again? Sorry. Is it up another workspace if you go up there? There we go. Perfect. There we go. So there it is. Sorry, but I didn't realize it wasn't showing there. The screen was not mirroring. But here was the, uh, the different results that we got. So here's the red velvet cake, small business plan. And again, this is just Google Bard. So if you just go on Google, go to Google Bard, you may have to a few steps to sign up, especially if you're not logged in with your Gmail account. That's all that's required right now, though. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of these tools are available on your phone, too. So you just do it right from your phone. That's right. Yeah. Now here's another example. We're going to jump over to Photoshop. Uh, so I actually took a picture before the presentation here. Um, and again, this one may not be accessible to everyone unless you have Photoshop, but I can almost guarantee you there are online tools, just Google AI generated, blah, 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 and you will find these answers. So what should we put on this screen, Chris? Uh, dolphin. Dolphins. A dolphin. All right. So we're going to put a dolphin. I was going to say red velvet cake. Oh. Dolphin uh, eating a red velvet cake. Dolphin eating. Oh, that's very specific here. Eating a red Velvet cake. Shield your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Oh, it's going to put it in the, in the, in the projector screen. On the projector screen, yeah. And so it's actually, right now, talking to the server. It's not even a localized uh, thing. Oh, there we go. We have a dolphin. I do not see a red velvet cake. Well, I did get I three different results. And it <laughs> looks like something's happening to that poor dolphin. So maybe there's some, oh, there's some coffee cups down there, yeah. Uh, some other examples, um, I put some curtains on it earlier. I was just kind of testing it out, and it gave me, I just circled the two areas beside the screen, and gave me curtains. I was like, okay, well, it also gave me red curtains and blue curtains there. Um, it was kind of empty in front of the stage, so I said, hey, let's put some people in there. So we're watching the presentation, and again, it doesn't always, it's not always perfect, because we did have one where people were Oh God! Just sleeping and Melting. not even real people there, right? Look at that teeth so, right there. Yeah. So that's a couple of live examples yeah. of uh, awesome. different that. <laughs> and this stuff's coming to video as well, so it's, it's uh, yes, gonna get really neat really fast. Oh yeah. Now, uh, last part is: uh, Do we have any questions from the audience? Does anybody have any questions and um, stuff like that? Yes, ma'am. So the question is. How is distance related? Well, Google knows where you are at all times. Uh, so, uh, 
So it's just another parameter that's important, right? So I mean, I guess I'm not 100% sure if I understand your question. Well, you said there were three factors that Google looked for how close you were sure. to the person. If you're, if you're searching for something near me, if you're searching for... So if I don't put the words near me, then it will go... Well, it, it will still use your location as, um, as some rationale as a part of the algorithm, but it's not going to prioritize it necessarily. So if I'm looking for a shoe shop and I type in shoe shop, so if it's something that you can obtain locally, um, it'll generally put that in there. But you know, a whole other side of Google search results is you know, paid search as well. So you have to compete with the, the paid results as well. So that's why you know, searching near me is, is uh, as a consumer even, is, is an easier way to find what's available around you. Yeah. So, that, so, I'm sorry, so you're basically saying that works better for local business than say, if I was Amazon, around my business is like an <coughs> Yeah. And that, really, I mean, that might not be the best business. They are much less likely to show up in a search like that, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it depends. It depends on um, like you know, coffee shop near me is obviously a very specific. Okay, where am I at? Or even maybe I'm not in the area. Then I would be searching coffee shops in Apopka, and I plan on going to Apopka, right? So that that's where the local SEO is really important. Now, if you are selling online, then yeah, there's a whole different criteria for that. Uh, one of my clients actually sells cufflinks. Um, it's cufflinksdepot.com, and they're pretty big out there. However, their competitor, cufflinks.com, uh, is even bigger than them. And they're constantly, like uh, when you were talking about how, look at your competitors, that's what they, they literally this morning sent me an email from their competitor, like, hey, can you look at this email? This is what we wanna do for our next campaign. And so looking at your competitors, constantly, like it, it's deep on their SEO. They have a whole company that they work with on their, on their um, they're tagging images in the background. They are doing all this type of stuff so that when you as a consumer says, I'm looking for cufflinks for my husband or uh, you know whatever, then those are the results that pop up and they are first. That's what they're working extremely hard at. Right, so you have anything to add to that? Uh, more yeah. of a national side? No? no, that's great. Perfect. That's yeah. it. Definitely. Any other questions uh, about SEO and um, AI? What are your, some of your favorite chat apps was the question. Yeah. You mean like you mean like for chatbots for customer service type thing, or all of them? Uh, Chat GPT is the one I have been using the most. It's probably the one you all have heard of the most. Uh, that one's also free. I'm not that familiar with Bard, uh, but if you go to OpenAI, oh, uh, oh, you want Jasper? Yep. No, because I was going to show my favorite, but uh, uh, okay. OpenAI. If you go to open.ai, it's uh, actually that's not the URL. It's uh, openai.com. It's a free sign up. You just have to use an email address and then you log in every time. Uh, it will keep all the results of all your previous searches. So if you're like, oh, you know, I, a month ago I typed in, I don't know how far back it goes, but I've noticed I can go back and see results. Um, and I have done everything I mentioned here, I've done through chat, GPT, uh, including, so I write novels as well, and I'm working on a book of short stories. And just for fun, I took some of the first parts of a short story and dumped it in there and told it to write an ending for me. And every time I hit generate, it was a new ending. And my wife and I were reading it going, oh, this is really good. And I don't know how this is gonna work out for <laughs> authors in the future, except to use it as a tool for, a, for an outline. But uh, for me, chat GPT is my favorite. I've done it with 
the examples I talked about where if you're trying to do an ad for your business and you tell it, you know, create a persona for me, and then based on that persona, what are the challenges? And then based on those challenges, create an ad that addresses these challenges based on that persona, and it keeps understanding each part of the conversation. It's almost like um, when you do a search on your phone, if you could just type in another search related to the first search, you know, that's not here yet, but that, how nice would it be if you type in on your phone, you know, where do I get cufflinks near me? And then you can type in after that, this isn't exactly what I meant. It knows to look for something else. That's kind of how ChatGPT works. So yeah. it keeps keeps paying attention to what it's told you so, excuse me, so far. Um, that's my favorite sort of chat bot for the text-based stuff. Um, of course, Microsoft has their uh, M365 chat, but that's a paid service um, and it's in, I think it's now just rolling out to everyone. Um, but if you're just trying to get your feet wet with this, I recommend ChatGPT, maybe Bard is one Bard of your recommendations. One, yeah. Yeah. Dolly is also free for uh, the visuals that I created. Um, but a few little caveats there, you do have to set up an account. You do have to use Microsoft's browser. And Mary, I know you're a Mac user, so you have to install the, uh, the Edge browser. And then they give you a certain amount of free tokens every week that you can put in. <clears throat> So if you use up your 20 searches, then you have to wait or you have to pay. And that's the model right now. This stuff will change daily or weekly as we go. Any other recommendations? Yeah, I was gonna just uh, reiterate ChatGPT. As a matter of fact, the company I work for, you know, a big global technology company, uh, ChatGPT is the only one that they've whitelisted for use. Everything else is blocked on our, on our laptops. Um, so they, they've uh, not necessarily partnered with them, but they've vetted, vetted it as, a, as um, something of value, sure. And uh, there's actually this New York Times uh, article that I couldn't read because I don't have a subscription, but I saw the headline. <laughs> and it says, OpenAI lets mom and pop shops customize ChatGPT. So it's a new GPT service. Anyone can build a chatbot and instantly share it with friends, family, or the general public. So I can forward you that article. Uh, if, there's some value there. So. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was kind of referring to with the, uh, the, the customer service chat. So you can, I didn't know how deep down the rabbit hole we want to go technically, but you can essentially sign up for it, give it, give it all your data, which, you know, in our enterprise environment, we've got strict rules where it can't get outside of our data and start combining public data. But the idea is that you give it all the answers about your company that anyone may ever ask, and then some, and it can answer all those questions for, for anyone that's asking online. Yeah, exactly. I'll uh, share my favorite one, which is jasper.ai. Um, now this one, ironically, is actually built off of ChatGPT, so it actually uses ChatGPT as its engine. Uh, the reason I like it though is just because it has a nice, um, it's meant more for marketing and for blogging and websites and that type of stuff. So as an example, I'm, I'm on there right now, I can say create new from template, and it has all these like different prompts like, oh, maybe I'm doing an Amazon product description. And so the prompts there are very specific to Amazon product description. It's guided. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit more of a guided, uh, and I like that, I like training wheels when I'm working on this instead of just like, uh, go on, type in something on a search bar. So it's nice, you can come in here and like do company bio, all that stuff. Now, if I just don't even know where I'm gonna go, uh, I can actually do what's called a dynamic template, and this is gonna be a little bit more like ChatGPT, where it'll actually create a template that I'm then gonna use to do the actual AI. So it's like two steps in the AI, so it's like if I tell it, I'm gonna write a business plan. 
well, it'll give me a template where I just fill in, here's the business name, here's the products I sell and all that stuff. And then so it's, it's the dynamic template to create that content, which is really, really handy. I use it um, quite a bit. I, um, I have to manage a couple websites and I am not a writer but I use this to write the articles for me because the companies don't have budgets for content writers. So it's like, all right, well, let's get this instead and then we can do all that. Uh, for the product description, I use it for the cufflinks I, I mentioned earlier. I'll go in there and say, okay, I need a, uh, I'll tell a very basic description of what the cufflinks are. And just like the live example with the red velvet cake, it'll give me a nice product description. And it's actually, since I'm using this container, it's not giving me that full article. I'm getting a very concise because it's saying, okay, it's for Amazon. It has to be a lot smaller, which is nice. So that one's Very a really nice. good tool too. It is a paid one. That's a one you have to consider. You do have to pay for it. Um, don't remember how much it is a year. I want to say it's like $600 a year. I, the company pays for it, so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there are some options there. Yeah, but I feel like if you start with the free ones, you know, with your small business, you, you find the value right away and then maybe be Absolutely. more inclined to try um, the customized one. That's really cool. And I haven't even used that one. Yeah, I'll let you uh, try it out for more time. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. All right. Any other uh, questions we have for any of three of us? Yes, sir. Jasper. What's that? Oh, Jasper. Jasper.ai. And I'll put this in the, um, in the resource, and then uh, Kate's going to put it on the uh, website, a link to the... Uh, Presentation. Yes, sir. That's right. So Microsoft Copilot is paid. Uh, I'm not sure what the price is for small businesses just now. I'm, I'm testing it in like an enterprise environment. Uh, I know it's per product too. Go figure. Um, but so you can get it for Word or Excel or PowerPoint or the whole suite for a certain price. Um, but you'd have to check on the latest price. I'm not sure what it costs for that. Is it thirty dollars a month? Is that for all of them for the whole suite? Uh, thirty dollars a month is what we're hearing. Oh, each thirty dollars per product. Yeah, so it's just so per it's, user. It, it, so it's not an inexpensive solution, but to me, like if you wanted to use it specifically for Teams or specifically for the application that you use the most, Outlook maybe. It is absolutely a superpower. It's a game changer. In fact, we have people at the company that are not testing it, that are asking those of us that are testing it to run stuff through it just to save them time. So, uh, and there may be a trial as well, I'm not sure, but I highly recommend everyone give it a, give it a try. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, kind of like on a higher level, not directly about AI, I think sometimes you have to really think about those things. Okay, where, you know, you can always replace money, but you can never replace time, right? So like, you have to really think about like, do I want to sit here and save $30 a month for not using a tool where I can now turn this to something else? And that's a really important thing. I heard, um, I mean, just gosh, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about that in general, but, uh, and also a photographer. I had a photographer that I was uh, listening to a seminar and he became a really um, popular photography in the HDR world, which is high dynamic range. A whole different topic on that one. Um, but one of the questions was like, how, what made you pop ahead than everyone else? He's like, well, I think what it was is early on, I delegated a lot of tasks to someone else. He was using Fiverr at the time, so before AI. And he's like, instead of me sitting there writing a description on this photo and tagging it and keywording and all this stuff to increase my SEO, I would put this image on Fiverr and just pay someone five bucks to come up in SEO and that gave me time to do something else. And so like now, you know, that was 20 years ago, so now we have a whole toolbox of things to like delegate. And that is extremely important because you, your time is valuable. You know, you're not gonna, what else are you gonna do? So you can add, you can add uh, Copilot to your Microsoft plan for uh, $30 a month per user, to, and it integrates with all of your Microsoft products. 
Sweet. Thanks. It's an in, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. It's funny, we, we, we talked about, hey, should we put the prices for all the stuff on here? And, and so maybe we can add the prices at the end, that would be good. Um, and I think this gentleman had a question as well. So the question was, if you're just a beginner getting involved in chat GPT, is there sort of uh, beginners? Not that I'm aware of, but you can't. The thing about chat GPT is it's totally free. So you can log in and just tinker with it for hours, getting more familiar. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, 3.5. It's 3.5 right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is incredibly versatile. Yeah. I, I, I would say that would meet all your local, your small business needs at this point. Yeah. Your, your very quick first question might just be, how do I use you? So for example, we're gonna do a quick live demo again. How do I use Google Bard? And let's see what Google Bard says about Google Bard. We're obviously in a competition between Google Bard and ChatGPT <laughs> up in. <laughs> you should ask ChatGPT. The same question can be applied. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yet. teasing you. Ask so. Google Bard how they use ChatGPT. <laughs> That's right. So flip done. the tables here. Uh, how to access, access Google Bard. You can access Google Bard by going to bard.google.com. You will need to be signed into a Google account to use it. How to start a conversation. Once you're signed in, you can start a conversation with Bard by typing your question or prompt into the text box at the bottom of the screen. You can also add a photo, I did not know that. Uh, you can add a photo to your prompt by clicking the upload image button. How to get most out of Google Bard, and it just keeps going on. So maybe yeah. that will be your very first question and, and you'll start the conversation. I mean, that's yeah. how we all started using it, just by how do I use this, let me try this. So that didn't work, and then, you know, it's, it's very intuitive though, I have found. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I think we had a question over there. Um, oh, she's getting up now. No. I saw her hand up earlier. Yeah. No, she changed her mind. It's for Brita. Mm -hmm. yep. What's that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's in our slide as well. But yeah, the the, uh, the comment was, uh, can can uh, the audience get with you after? Absolutely. We've got our contact info here. I'm gonna be hanging around for a while. Um, yep. Yeah, I'll be here. So yep. And if you uh, can't wait, oh, here's a quick slide. Um, if you can't wait to have it uh, up there, if you scan this QR code right now, you'll get the live uh, version of this slide. Um, keep in mind, we're going to add those resources that we discussed. We intentionally left some of them off because we wanted to see what kind of questions we had. And so we'll add some of those later. Yeah, and shameless plug for the podcast again here. I am going to take this whole recording and make it an episode on the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast next week. So, uh, so check it out. Um, yeah. Also, you'll notice in the clip, the, the picture that went by, this is uh, AI accepting the job. If you look close at those pictures, you'll see the nightmare we talk about. If you're not careful, what kind of pictures can come out of AI. So, yikes. Anyway, thank you all. Thank Thanks, you everybody. Time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Jay, Dan, and Chris. Again, local business owners. And they're here to support you. Um, none of you sell any of these products. Right? <laughs> no. No, so that's great. And that's, and that's why I thought it was important to have you come in and just come and use it. So thank you again. Yeah. They're great. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you. Hey guys, we hope you found all that information that they were discussing very useful for your small business. And of course, if you want more information about that, you can go to the link in the show notes. That's um, it. <laughs> so yeah, I put a link in the show notes to the presentation itself. Uh, even though the video uh, of the uh, on our YouTube channel goes through that presentation, but if you'd like to go see it yourself and go through it yourself, 
Also, there's some additional notes that we've added at the end of the actual slide deck. So that link will take you right to the Google slide. You don't have to have anything installed. You can walk through each of the slides and some of those resources we talked about at the end and including some of the uh, results that I mentioned early on as far as doing those prompts and, you know, having it write a letter for you or whatever, you'll be able to see the actual creations that came from those prompts. So check it out. And uh, we really hope that you found this uh, of value. That's right, guys. And also, uh, we just want to thank you each and every week for tuning in tuning in. We hope we're bringing you valuable information for your small business. And if you have any ideas for shows that you'd like to hear about in the future, definitely give us an email at contact at feed and feed and dangy. Contact Con- at feed and dangy. <laughs> Write that down. Contact at contact at feedback at info at no I'm just kidding. It's not it's uh it's contact at findandangie.com. Jeez Angie, get it together. It used, or you can message us on Facebook oh, or Instagram yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. It used to be feedback. We changed it to contact. I know. See, this is why I get confused. Yeah. But anyway, guys, thanks so much once again. Hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, at the end of each and every day, it's all fine and dangy. listener want to know how you can help support our small local podcast head on over to patreon.com slash fine and dangy and see how you can become a patron <laughs>